How often this week have you uh, come away from a conversation with someone, maybe at work, maybe at the school gate, maybe in the classroom or the lecture room, maybe out walking your dog, or for me, it was when I was visiting a local care home, and you wish you'd said something more coherent about your faith. If you're anything like me, you ponder the conversation afterwards, and you think of all the things you could have said or should have said that didn't come to mind um, in that moment. For some reason, those words just didn't come when you needed them. So often we can come away, can't we, from an evening with family or with friends or workmates. They don't know Jesus and we just feel guilty and frustrated, hurting because we so long for them to know Jesus, but not sure how to go about expressing our faith and our hope in him. Or perhaps maybe you sit here this morning and you think, well, I don't have that wrestle, Kay, because you feel you're off the hook because you're not a professional Christian those with a dog collar or a, a title or those that we know have a specific gift of evangelism. You're not like that, so it doesn't apply to you. Or perhaps we have to be honest and say we might be a bit complacent and maybe even more so now than ever because of COVID, we've become a bit of a what we might call a Sunday Christian. We find that our relationship with God has very little impact um, if we're really honest, on our lives the rest of the week, apart from on a Sunday. We can become so consumed, can't we, with busyness, with the demands of life, that sometimes we can come to the end of the day, I think, you know, I do, I do this, and I've not even thought about where God might be involved in what, or what he might be trying to say to me. Yes, even those of us who work for the church, that can happen as we get sucked into the busyness and the demands of life, God seems to take a back seat. Well, we began a new series last week for those of us who were here um, with a microscope looking in on ourselves. We were challenged, really challenged, about a deeper relationship with God, making his priorities our priorities. And we were also challenged with the call to start sharing our faith with others. Well, this week we're going to begin the journey of what our part is in the harvest that we're called to. We're going to look at some probably familiar verses in Matthew to help us to continue to see how God is inviting us to join in with him in seeing the growth of the kingdom. That he's calling us to join him in sharing the good news. What we discover, though, is that this invitation to each one of us is in our everyday, ordinary, mundane lives as we work and eat and rest and play. So if you have a Bible or on your phone, do turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 9, right at the end of Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. It's entitled, The Workers Are Few. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. But when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. These are pivotal verses in Matthew's gospel. 
Matthew's used these exact same words in um, verse 35 um, in chapter 4. Those words, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness. He's used those before in chapter 4. He uses them there to summarize Jesus' ministry that is really early on in Jesus' ministry about what Jesus has come to do. And it's just before Jesus uh, launches into what we now call the Sermon on the Mount. Here, though, we're four, five chapters on. Um, we're in chapter 9. Matthew's using these same words again because he's showing that this is a springboard now, um, showing the ministry of Jesus is not just confined to him alone. It's not just Jesus' ministry. Jesus is now saying, you're going to join me in this ministry, teaching and sharing the good news of the kingdom, healing, for Jesus' followers, and not just for them to watch Jesus doing it anymore, but they're, inv they're invited to join him in it. Why, though? Why is there an invitation to join Jesus in his ministry? Well, Jesus says, because there's a massive harvest out there that needs to be gathered in. Matthew, in, in verse 36, the next verse, discloses to us what the motivation is for Jesus, that he wants to continue with this ministry that he's been called to, and it's compassion. If we're to take up this invitation that we're talking about, to share the good news of Jesus in our everyday life, in our everyday experience, each one of us, all of us, we'll not be able to do it unless we have the compassion of Jesus, unless we understand his compassion. The same compassion that Jesus demonstrated when he um, saw the people that he met. I think unless we understand that compassion, trying to share our faith perhaps becomes just a duty. It becomes a chore. It becomes something that we probably begin to avoid and dread um, if we don't have and understand this compassion. So verse 36 says, when he saw the crowds, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus looks at the crowd and has compassion. This verb, compassion, it's a vivid verb, literally. It, refer, it refers to that gut reaction. Do you know what I mean? That moment when your tummy turns, when you hear some really difficult or harrowing news. It's a doing word, compassion. It's an action word. Something happens. It's not, as we, I think, are probably often guilty of, a moment of pity when we see something difficult on television, on the news, and then it's soon forgotten as the next programme, say, EastEnders comes on. Compassion sees things differently and deeply. Depending on how you see things influences how you respond to it, doesn't it? So a child that's crying intermittently can be seen as a very, a very annoying to anyone else in the room. But to the parent of that child, the cry speaks of a need that has to be met, or it speaks of a sadness or of a fear that needs to be soothed. Compassion comes from deep love, and it comes from a different perspective. Jesus sees that the people around him are like sheep without a shepherd. They're lost and they're helpless, and he's moved by a deep love and a different perspective as he looks at the crowd. He's moved by compassion. Well, without, um, without wanting to state the obvious, sheep need a shepherd, don't they? 
Sheep need someone to watch over them. They need someone to guide them to new pastures, to keep them safe from predators. Um, I read this week that sheep, if they fall on their back, they can't get back up. They need somebody to, to move them. In short, without a shepherd, sheep are vulnerable. They're quite pathetic creatures, really. They can't look after themselves. And Jesus sees the crowd, just like that parent sees the child who's crying, with compassion. Beyond the apparent noise and the bustle and the busyness of the lives of each of those individuals within that crowd, Jesus sees harassed, helpless, vulnerable, lost individuals, like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus sees also their need, their need for a shepherd, their need for a saviour, someone to rescue them, to protect them, someone to love them. And Jesus, of course, was the good shepherd, wasn't he? The one who eventually would lay down his life for those very sheep because he knew there was no way else, no other way to rescue them from that helpless state than by giving up his own life. So rather than judgment for wandering off and being um, disobedient, Jesus offers mercy and Jesus offers compassion. So I think compassion is the key for us too, isn't it? We need to see people, see the crowd, see that person as Jesus sees them, to feel, to feel as Jesus feels towards those who are lost and helpless, those in need of rescue, those sheep without a shepherd. Compassion is, if you like, the first step to enable us to grab hold of that invitation that is being given to us by Jesus as his disciples to become farmhands on God's farm, to become workers, if you like, in God's field. Compassion enables us to see our part of God's bigger story as we see those people that we rub shoulders with every day as precious, as loved by God, but as lost and as helpless without him. So compassion, I think here, Matthew is telling us, is the key. Compassion is the key. But the call is really clear. When we see as Jesus sees, we'll see the harvest that Jesus is talking about. It becomes visible to us as our perspective changes. And as Jesus journeys towards the cross, following that call to bring in the kingdom of God, he sees this crowd before him in need of a shepherd. Well, um, he goes on, doesn't he, to use another farming analogy. And he tells his disciples in verse 38, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, Jesus says, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, I don't know very much about farming at all. I love Countryfile. Watch it if I can on a Sunday evening. I'm not really into Jeremy Clarkson that you heard about last week. Um, However, I don't think it's too hard for for somebody who knows nothing about farming to know that harvest time is the most hectic and busy time um, for a farmer. And probably, I imagine, quite an exciting time as well, a time of action. Today, combine harvesters and heavy machinery um, do the bulk of the work, don't they? Where I live at the moment in the last few weeks, you know, there's been combine harvesters, there's been tractors carrying hay bales around um, doing the work. There's, there's this sense of urgency as they, they go around um, 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 harvesting the fields. But when Jesus spoke to his disciples, um, 
He's, they would have um, looked around and they'd have seen a ripe and ready harvest. And they would have understand the, understood the fact that it was serious if there weren't enough labourers to bring it in. But they would have been able to imagine that picture. And there is an urgency, isn't there, to the harvest picture. There's a very short window of opportunity to gather the crops in. And so it must be all hands on deck, all hands to the plough, to ensure nothing is wasted, that none of the crop is left to rot if that moment in time is missed. So compassion sees not only the need, but also the urgency. Something needs to be done now, this is saying. The opportunity to share the good news of Jesus, the offer um, to share of Jesus, of new life in Jesus, of forgiveness of sin, the opportunity to repent and to know and receive God's love. It's now. It's right now. I find this such an encouragement because I think we can come, become discouraged, can't we, when we don't see lots of people coming to faith, when we don't see um, people becoming Christians. But Jesus has a very different perspective here, doesn't he? He's clearly saying that people are ready. Their hearts are hungry to hear the good news. So the people that we live alongside, the people perhaps in our office or classroom or on the street or in the supermarket or in the gym perhaps or in our family or on the golf course, they're all in need of our compassion. The harvest is ready for us to love them into the kingdom. But Jesus says there aren't enough workers for all that abundant crop that is out there waiting to be brought in, waiting to be harvested. But I think it's interesting that we're not told why there are not enough workers, are we? I wonder, is it because the workers that they did have have become lazy? Or is it because they've lost interest? Or is it because they haven't even been found yet and asked to help? Perhaps it's all three. But I wonder on Sunday, the 12th of September, 2021, as we listen to these familiar words of Jesus, are we willing to hear the challenge that they hold for us, the urgency that they imply as we hear them? Are we willing to allow God to challenge that possible lethargy that we have or that lack of interest in those around us or our busyness? that has or could prevent us from seeing the harvest. So a question for you. Where or what is that field that God is um, telling you about now? What, what's that field for you at this point of time in your life, as you think about your life, those people you rub shoulders with? What's that field for you? What's that field for me? Who are those people that God's already got in your life that you work alongside, that you spend your leisure time with, that you do life with? Who are they? Where's that field for you? Because it's our everyday, ordinary, mundane lives where the Great Commission begins. It's as we live out that great commandment to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. It's as we prioritise seeking the kingdom of God. That's in doing those things, in living like that, that we begin to impact the lives of the people around us, the people we rub shoulders with day by day. The, that's where the Great Commission begins, where it starts. Our Monday morning life is as important as our Sunday morning life. 
our Monday morning life tomorrow morning. It's as important as this moment now, our Sunday morning life, because both of them, both of them are lived in experiencing the compassion and the mercy and love of God. That's what we do as we gather together. But we also go tomorrow morning, and as we go, we share that compassion and that mercy and that love with the person on the checkout tomorrow morning in Sainsbury's, that person the other side of the office, that person in the gym as we work out our Monday morning life, as important as our Sunday morning life. And finally, we're commanded to pray. Prayer changes our perspective too, doesn't it? Prayer reminds us of so many things. And I think there's a surprise here in Jesus' words in verse 38. I think the disciples, and maybe us too, we, we're expecting that Jesus is saying, go, go, you've got a job on the farm, go get on with it. But instead, Jesus says, he reminds them who the Lord of the harvest is and that they need to speak to him first. As we go tomorrow morning, Monday morning, seeking to have the eyes of compassion like Jesus, seeking to live for Jesus, seeking to speak for Jesus in our ordinary, everyday lives, whatever that might look like. The Lord of the harvest reminds us that we don't go alone. We do it not in our own strength, not in our own strength. Jesus wants us to know and remember that God, God is the Lord of the harvest. And it's his harvest He'll provide the workers to bring his harvest in. And it's not dependent on us, yet we're invited to join with him. Don't you find that immensely encouraging? I do. When I think about my feeble and failed attempts at witnessing, to know that it's not about my efforts, it's not about my words, it's not about my ability or my eloquence. Yes, and this is the challenge, we have been invited to join the harvest work. We have been called to share the good news of Jesus. We have got a responsibility to share that compassion, that grace that we've received, that we've been singing about this morning, but we never do it on our own. As we go tomorrow to our fields that God's placed us in, wherever that is, let's remember to pray. Pray for God to add more workers. Pray for more people to come to know and experience the grace, the love, the forgiveness of God so that they too will become workers in God's harvest field. We're invited to a great adventure, aren't we? To be part of God's story. Our work, our everyday, ordinary lives, part of God's story. Isn't that amazing? What an adventure we're called on together. Not on our own but with God. This morning we've been thinking about the Great Commission and the fact that it begins right here where we are. In the office, at the school gate, in the supermarket, in the care home, on the bus or in the cafe, gym or the football pitch, in the classroom or out with our friends. So I want to ask that question again as I close and give us time to think about it. Where is the field that God is inviting you to harvest? So ask God, shall we, to open our eyes, to see with compassion the need around us, change our perspective, to deeply love in a different perspective. Let's ask God to send out workers, you and me, to share the good news of the Good Shepherd. 
it's exciting when you preach because um, you get different responses afterwards. And uh, in the first service, it was lovely because Lorna and Jeff, who many of you will know, came up and told us about how God had prompted Lorna to um, put a little um, verse of scripture outside her back gate. And um, she's got a field out there, and Jeff and Lorna have got a field out there where lots of people go by, walk their dogs. And she felt that God prompted her as she prayed about the harvest um, a, few, a few weeks ago. And she's done it, or oh, months ago, she's done it through lockdown. And uh, she challenged us. She said, um, I don't, somebody asked her, you know, what, what's, what's the harvest been like? You know, what response have you had? And she said, that's not my responsibility. That's God's. What a, how helpful, what a reminder. We do our bit. And God does his bit. And I was also told a story, um, a wonderful story, of one person praying, one person as you go, being willing to share their faith, and one person as a result, taking a step closer to Jesus this week. One person had been praying, someone completely different that doesn't know that the person had been praying, spoke to somebody who now is a step closer to Jesus as a result. Isn't that beautiful? That's what we're invited to. That's what we are invited to. Let's be brave in our fields this week, wherever that field might be, to listen to God saying, say something to that person. Show love to that person. Have compassion on that person. And who knows what God will do with that. Let's um, be quiet, shall we? Let's think just for a minute. Where's that field that God is inviting you to harvest? want to remind you as you as you are before God of the Great Commission because it begins with Jesus saying to his disciples all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me wow as we look at that field we don't go in our own strength we go in Jesus's authority he says therefore go as you go make disciples and then this wonderful promise I want to speak over us all this morning Jesus says and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It might seem like a big, huge thing to be a worker in God's field, but it's not because he's Lord of the harvest and he is with us. So we're going to sing, Jesus, you have called us. Freely we've received your compassion, your grace, your mercy, and now freely we choose to give. You've shown us what you require freely we've received, now freely we will give.